0: Hi everyone. Oh, Hi, my name is Shaw. And um, if you don't know me already, um, so yeah, it's coming up to Easter, isn't it? Um, so those of us that kind of work and get bank holidays, woohoo, four days off, um, which is great. Sorry for those of you that um, don't get those bank holidays. And um, so it's Easter next week, Easter Sunday, and we're having our own celebration here um, at 6pm to celebrate um, the resurrection of Jesus. Uh, and it's going to be fun, it's going to be great, and we've got um, lots of testimonies and stuff, so um, yeah, please come next week for that. Um, So today we're starting our three-week series um, called Enthroned, um, and that's really cool. And today um, my topic is the death of Christ, cheery. Um, So so, yeah, I mean, it's been hard kind of working out how to do it, and, and so I'm not going to apologize that this is not going to be entertaining, that um, <laughs> I've not got loads of jokes and stuff like that. And just because when I was, do, when I was thinking about it and praying about it, um, I'm just like, yeah, we just need to talk about the death of Christ. Um, so yeah, talk about Infromen, and my kind of last preach. If you were here, was about the kingdom of God and um, about King Jesus who is on His throne and bringing um, the kingdom of heaven here on earth. Um, it was about God's restoration project um, that you know before and um, kind of like when when the earth was first created and people um, were on the earth. You know we had perfect relationship with God and we. We kind of lived as we were meant to Um, and then we kind of messed up, missed the mark um, and and sin came and we gave our authority to the enemy, to powers and to money and sex and power. We gave our kind of authority away that we had when we co-ruled the earth um, with God. And so um, the kingdom restoration project um, that God kind of sets his um, plan on is um, to rescue kind of us from this, to rescue the earth from this and to bring his kingdom, to bring his rule and reign on earth so that this earth will look like heaven. And kind of that's the story and that's the, in and the rule and reign of King Jesus. And it's amazing and it's fantastic and it sounds great. And then in the middle of this story, we have the cross, we have the death of Jesus. And when the horror and the pain of this world meets the love of the creator and clashes in the middle um, and it comes rushing together in one place. And the kingdom of God comes through this means of the death and the resurrection and the ascension of Jesus that we're going to talk about in the next couple of weeks. So how does the kingdom of God and Enferment fit with the death of Jesus on a cross? You know... Death um, is kind of the opposite of how we think the kingdom of God should come. We think the kingdom of God should come and, and be glorious and powerful. And then it comes in death. It comes on the cross. And this is a bit confusing because for us, death... Um, isn't a nice thing, we don't like it. It limits us. Death sets a limit on who we are as humans. You know, we've only got such a period in our life, and then we die, and we all die. And we don't know when we're going to die, we don't know how we're going to die. And so death puts limits on us as humans. You know, and if we've not experienced death in our lives, um, we've all experienced pain and loss and we've experienced loss of jobs loss of relationships and loss of a house Uh, and you know in the situation that we're in as a church a kind of of loss of what once was uh, and going through the pain and loss and grief uh, um, through a difficult time in the church and so we all experience pain uh, and loss and it's hard and we don't know how to deal with it and so We see the disciples, don't we, Um, and how they reacted to the cross. Um, You know, they'd been with Jesus, walking with Jesus, um, and we see it throughout the Gospels where he's healing the sick, he's raising the dead, he's casting out demons, and then he dies a horrible death on the cross, and it's just confusing for them, and you know, It's Palm Sunday um, today um, where we see um, the kingdom of God um, come like on a donkey. You know, we expect the king to come on a stallion, on a wild horse with a sword, but he comes riding in on a donkey. And again, how confusing is that? Um, You know, people expected Jesus um, to come and take the world by force. The Jews expected their Messiah to come and take the kingdom, to take the world, um, you know, powerfully. But Jesus comes humbly, emptying himself and coming to a cross and dying. Um, And that's not what people expected. And so for the disciples, you know, Jesus um, had talked about destroying the temple in um, John 2, 19. And he says, um, the temple will be destroyed and rebuilt in three days. And they're like, yeah, let's go destroy the temple. But Jesus wasn't talking about that. Jesus was talking about himself as the temple, that he would die and that he would um, be rebuilt in three days and be the king. And, you know, they got this idea, and Jesus told them time and time again how the kingdom was going to come, but it wasn't going to come like this, but it was going to come humbly. And they still didn't quite grasp it, you know, in the garden of Gethsemane, you know, Jesus had been crying, um, and he was going through this painful and sorrowful time, and he knew that he had to give himself up, um, But, you know, Peter is there and he's ready to fight still. You know, he's not going to let this shameful thing happen. He's not going to let his leader um, come and be, be killed. And so he comes and he gets his sword out, chops someone's ear off. And, yeah, he's ready for the fight. He's ready to take the kingdom by force. Um, and so, you know, for Jewish leaders, um, for them, Jesus was a bit of a threat, um, he was going around doing things that they wouldn't do, um, and people were following him, and so they thought the answer to stopping this kingdom, so they thought, was death. To kill Jesus. You know, death has limits. You know, if he's dead, then the kingdom can't come. Um, And so that's kind of, uh, of what happened. And, you know, we know the story that Jesus died on the cross and it was horrible. And so, you know, like us, the disciples were confused about death. Um, They didn't know what to do with death and pain and suffering, and especially not when it came to Jesus, who had been proclaiming the kingdom of God, and it was so exciting, and then he died. Can you imagine the shock that they went through, even though Jesus had been telling them what was going to happen? Um, and we see this in the way that they reacted, you know, Peter denies Jesus, he's ashamed. And um, The cross is so, so shameful um, in that period, you know, it was um, a death of kind of a slave. Uh, and so for Peter, you know, it was just so shameful that this Jesus that he had been following and um, that he thought was a Messiah, died. And can you imagine, in that moment, not knowing everything that was going to go on, what they were feeling. And then other disciples, you know, they locked themselves up in houses, fearful that what was happening to Jesus was going to happen to them. They locked themselves away and kind of like in denial about, about this death that was happening. And then we see the three Marys and John at the foot of the cross, you know, embracing the pain and embracing the suffering with Jesus and they were there and kind of, they had that close relationship with Jesus uh, and they were there at the foot of the cross. And and, you know, these are many different ways of kind of reacting to the cross uh, and and the death of Jesus. and that still happens to us today, doesn't it? Lots of people don't know what to do um, with this death that happened on the cross. Lots of people don't know how to react. They run away and they block it all out, say it didn't happen. And then some people turn to Jesus and embrace the pain and the suffering um, with him. You see, at that moment in time, not knowing what was going to happen, um, you know, they were without hope. Three days before they even knew that, that Jesus had risen again and even then maybe they didn't even believe it. But three days without hope that our God, our, our Messiah has died on that cross. Um, can you imagine feeling that pain? So, I'm sure they had so many different questions and questions that we have in our lives. Like, why did Jesus have to die? Why did he have to die? And surely that wasn't the way that the kingdom should come. Surely it could have come in another way. Why did Jesus have to die? And I'm not gonna pretend that I can answer this question in half an hour, you know, it's so deep and so wide and so rich, Um, how can we possibly answer this question in half an hour of why did Jesus die? You know, Christian or not, Jesus's death is pivotal in history, so much of of kind of what we do uh, and even our calendar focuses on the death of Jesus. And, you know, if you do believe that Jesus is king, then that Friday changed everything. It changed the world forever. Um, And, you know, you might think, I'm sure we kind of all know that, you know, why did Jesus die? Yeah, I can give that answer. It's simple, isn't it? You know, Jesus loves you so much that he died for you so that you can be forgiven of your sin, have a relationship with God, and go to heaven. Simple, right? Right? But there's so many more questions. It's so much deeper than this. You know, this is true. Um, Everything of that statement is true, but it's so much more richer than that. You know, um, and and we see these um, scriptures like Galatians 2.20. It says, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. And that's amazing. And 1 Corinthians 15.3 says, Christ died for our sins according to the scriptures. Yeah, he did, Um, and that's awesome but it doesn't tell us the whole story. You know, sometimes we, we get this at, um, we look at Romans and we look at Galatians and it tells us some statements um, uh, of what exactly happened on the cross and why Jesus died. And it's correct, but it doesn't tell us the whole story. Um, you know, it's like um, coming um, to watch a film. I'm like this, so I'll switch TV on, start watching a film halfway through kind of know what's going on, kind of can grasp the story, um, but you've not known the whole breadth of the story of God, which is in here. So reading the whole Bible is important to understand why Jesus died. Um, Let's turn to Luke 24, 25 to 28. Luke 24. Um, so, sorry to ruin the story, but Jesus rose again <laughs> don't want to ruin next week um but yeah, so this is kind of after Jesus has rose again and he's coming and um, to the disciples um and he says this to them, and um, they're complaining um about the fact that that Jesus has died um and that He's died and he's, he's been in the tomb, and then they can't even find his body, but his body has gone. And they're complaining to this guy who is Jesus, but they don't know it's Jesus. And Jesus says to them, How foolish you are, and how slow to believe all that the prophets have spoken. Did not the Messiah have to suffer these things and then enter his glory? And beginning with Moses and all the prophets, he explained to them, what was said in all the scriptures concerning himself you know don't we really wish that that bit was written down that (laughs) that that conversation was written down and that all the scriptures concerning Jesus were explained to us Um, but we can we can go back and we can look starting from Genesis all the way through the Old Testament you know it shows us a picture of why Jesus had to die um, and, you know, the Gospels are so amazing, Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John, um, the actual story of what happened, um, there's so much in there, you know, I got so confused when I became a Christian, and I was reading the Gospels, and I was like, well, it doesn't actually say and explain this, 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 and this, and this is how it happened, um, Uh, And the Gospels don't, but they tell us such a a wider story, a richer story. Um, So let's just read a bit. Let's read John 13, 1 to 5. So you know, this is half a chapter, um, and it's telling kind of the story of what happened before Jesus' death. So John chapter 13. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and was returning to God. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing and wrapped a towel round his waist. After that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that was wrapped around him. Skip a few verses. He has a bit of an argument um, with Peter. To verse 9, and. Then, Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands as well. Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. The whole body is clean, and you are clean, for not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him, and that was why he said not everyone was clean. And when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. Do you understand what I have done for you? He asked them. You call me teacher and Lord, and rightly so, for that is what I am. Now that I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you also should wash one another's feet. I have set you an example that you should do as I have done for you. So in this kind of half a chapter, we look at it, and if we look into it, it does tell us um, the story of why Jesus um, died, and so the story is set in the Passover festival. Uh, and Passover was a Jewish celebration um, of the Israel, the nation of Israel. You know, they were enslaved in Egypt. and um, They were trapped and enslaved by Pharaoh. And um, Moses comes and he sets them free. Um, you know, to, these plagues happen uh, and they eventually they escape and they're set free. And they go into the wilderness and um, they're on their way to reach the promise land. And you know, through the story, through the Passover, a lamb is slain um, by the people of Israel. They spread the blood over their doors to protect them from the death that is going to spread throughout Egypt. And so isn't this kind of a picture of Jesus? Um, the, the, lamb, um, the lamb was slain, his blood was shed, and this protected them from death and, and saved them. And then they were set free because of this into the wilderness and to the promised land. Like we are set free from our sins, um, from our mess, from death. We are set free uh, and we can see the kingdom of God. So, And that's just a bit about the Passover. And then, you know, we see, uh, and it talks about Judas uh, and how um, the enemy was in him and trying his best to to stop the kingdom of God. Uh, And, you know, this shadow is kind of in the garden where the people um, gave their authority to the powers um, of the evil one. Uh, And this is the fight going on between um, the the kingdom of God and um, the powers. And we see that here. And then, you know, a beautiful kind of symbol of Jesus taking off his outer garments. Jesus, the king in heaven, taking off his kingly garments and coming down to earth to be with us. You know, and he gets in the mess, washing the disciples' feet in here, yes, and cleansing them. But for us, cleansing us, washing out our mess, washing out our sin um, and purifying us. And, you know, isn't that great? It's just a symbol. It's kind of a sign of the story of why Jesus had to die. And, you know, it says, when he had finished washing their feet, he put on his clothes and returned to his place. And this is it, isn't it? Once Jesus um, died, you know, rose again and ascended, he put on his kingly garments yet again, and he is the king on his throne. Um, And then he says, you know, wash others' feet. And that's what we are called to do, you know. We are cleansed, we are set free, we are righteous, and we are called to um, spread the kingdom to others to tell them this good news. And so we see, don't we, in this just half a chapter in John, how, uh, why Jesus had to die. Uh, And that's just from a small bit of scripture. You know, this whole book, kind of like different parts of it reflect um, why Jesus had to die, and it's a whole massive story. And so, you know, the Gospels, um, Jesus goes around proclaiming the kingdom of God. Um, Not that, um, you know, our sins should be forgiven so that we can escape and go to heaven. That's not what he was saying, but that our sins, our kind of mess should be clean so that we could be made righteous, so that we could hold the authority that we once had and that we could bring heaven down to earth. And and so we're not just set free from sin for, for the sake of it, but we're set free from sin for a reason. And, and, you know, we're rescued from where we missed the mark so that we can take our proper place in creation, so that we can be image bearers, so that we can become like Christ and become more and more like him. Let's turn to 2 Peter 3.13. So 2 Peter 3.13 says, but in keeping with his promise, we are looking forward to a new heaven and a new earth where righteousness dwells. You see, in the new heaven and the new earth, sin cannot be there. The kingdom of heaven, we need to be righteous. And that's why Jesus came and he died for us so that we could be righteous, so that we could be like him, so we could be in the kingdom of God. And then we turn to Revelation 5, verse 8. So Revelation 5, 8 to 11. And they sang a new song saying, You are worthy to take the scroll and to open its seals, because you were slain, and with your blood you purchased for God's persons every tribe and language and people and nation, You have made them to be a kingdom and priests to serve our God and they will reign on the earth. So Jesus was slain and his blood um, purchased um, a people um, so that we could be properly how we were called to be so that we could stop worshipping the powers and the idols and worship the true God who sits on his throne um, and so that we could... Um, you know, be a mission so that we could um, be in our proper place, restoring creation um, to how it's meant to be. You know, Jesus died to gain victory over the powers of sin and death. Uh, and, you know, we're going to talk about more, but death will be defeated and is defeated. Um, and death and sin is defeated. We are no longer enslaved by that which we once thought was weak, which we once thought was was terrible. But Jesus uses the death on the cross um, to defeat the powers of death and sin. Let's read Philippians um, 2 five to eleven. So Philippians two five in your relationships with one another, have the same mindset as Christ Jesus, who being in the very nature God, did not consider equality with God something to be used to his own advantage. Rather, he made himself nothing, by taking the very nature of a servant, by being made in human likeness, and being found in appearance as a man. He humbled himself by becoming obedient to death, even on a cross. Therefore, God exalted him to the highest place and gave him the name that is above every other name. For at the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven on earth and under earth, and every tongue acknowledge that Jesus is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. You see, death could not stop the kingdom. What we once knew as weakness brought the kingdom. And um, Where we were once held back by sin and shame, we are no longer prisoners. Um, we can take our proper place as loved sons and daughters. You know, the death on the cross is what it looked like for Jesus to become king. And the dark powers that once grasped us are now broken and they don't hold power over us anymore. <coughs> Tom writes, says this. The New Testament tells us the meaning of a cross. It gives us not a system, but a story. Not a theory, but a meal and an act of humble service. Not a celestial mechanism for punishing sin and taking people to heaven, but an earthly story of a human Messiah who embodies and incarnates Israel's God and who unveils his glory in bringing his kingdom to earth as in heaven. So, you know, it's a very big story um, of the kingdom of God. And, um, but it's so personal as well. Um, you know, Jesus did die for me and he did rescue me and he set me free from sin and from death and gave me a purpose and freedom in life. And I can worship him freely and have an amazing relationship with him who loves me. And because of what he did and I can spread the kingdom because of what he did and um, can we just watch um, a video um, just about how um, personal um, yeah, this is?
1: So I'm often asked why did you get involved with crime? And I say it wasn't a conscious decision. I didn't see the careers lady at school and say As of course you can do an armed robbery. It was just there, it was all around us. And it all started with weed and drinking, cannabis, the usual stuff. Um, We used to steal badges off expensive cars and swap them up like trading cards. And it just progressed to the entire car. And I got involved with the people who were really pulling all the strings. So we went up to this guy's house who owed them a few hundred pounds. It was was nothing to them. But the problem was he'd been going around telling everybody that he wasn't going to pay it. So they had to set an example. So they got this guy, he was in his garden his little lad was there. So he got out of the car, grabbed this bloke, put him in the car, sat between us. And he drove up to uh, what was called Niners quarry and uh, pulled the petrol strimmer out of the boot of the car, gave it to me and said, do his feet. So strimmed his feet and just lacerated his feet. And this was my initiation. So that just moved on and on and on. Cut a long story short, Leeds Crown Court, courtroom number three he handed me down seven and a half years and I just thought to myself that's it gloves are off if I'm going to be bad I'm going to be the best kind of bad I can possibly be because I got moved from prison to prison to prison and put on category A maximum security because of my behavior and there's this lad coming round, another inmate he comes up to me and he says uh, do you want to go on an alpha course I had no idea what he was talking about I said look get out my face sunshine before I slap you I thought no more of it and next day and then this kids coming round with this clipboard again So I'm just waiting for this kid to get within slapping range and he must have sensed something wasn't right because he blurted something out really quickly. He went, you get Wednesday afternoon at a bang-up and get free coffee and you get free biscuits. (gasps) All right, I'll see you on Wednesday. And we just started giving her a hard time, a really hard time. The thing that stopped me, it wasn't what they said because I wasn't really listening, but it was how they did it. They came back at me with love and compassion every single time. So I sat there on my bunk and I said the first real prayer I'd ever said in my life. I didn't know if I was doing it right or not. But the gist of it was, God, I need you to take away the anger, the violence, the hate. I need you to take away the addictions, which I've tried to fight and I just lose every time. And if you do that for me, I will live the rest of my life for you. But the next morning, I woke up, as I always had done. Rolled over to grab the smoke, as I always had done, but I couldn't touch it. Everything about it, the look, the thought, the smell, everything made me want to be sick. And I knew what I had to do, so I went and got my little stash and I put it straight out the cell window. And as soon as they'd gone, I started to feel a bit better. I started to calm down a little bit, but I was still freaking out. So I just said to myself, Daryl, calm down, go get a wash, go get a shave. And as I started to get a wash, I looked in the mirror and just stopped dead. Because I didn't recognize my own reflection. I was like, that guy's smiling not just smiling, that guy's beaming. And I noticed I didn't just look different, I felt different, everything had gone. It was as if someone had unscrewed the top of my head and just poured freezing cold water in it, everything had been just washed out clean. So the chaplain comes onto the wing and I just told him absolutely everything. And he said, the man that went to bed last night, it's not the same man that's standing here this morning. You're a new creation. And that was it. I said, no more, no more fighting, no more drugs, no more nothing. If you owe me anything, forget it. If you're holding anything of mine, keep it. I don't want it. I'm done. I'm finished. Jesus has saved me. And then when it came time for my release, I knew I was going to go into full-time ministry. Reverend Mark Finch, JP, a magistrate, and he said, would you consider coming to Runcorn near Liverpool? We've got a new church plant. We're just getting going. There's a big problem with young people and gangs and drugs. Would you come? I knew it was the right place to go. So he picked me up from the gates on the morning of my release, took me to his house, not her house, his home, And his eldest is his daughter, Rebecca, who is now my wife and the mother to my two amazing children, Benjamin and Lydia Grace. My life just couldn't look more different than what it is now.
0: Power of sin was broken through the cross. Jesus said, if the Son sets you free,
1: you will be free indeed.
0: So that's an amazing story, isn't it? Uh, Of how kind of what we have been talking about affects um, people's personal lives. Um, Could I have a band up, please? Um, So... Can you remember I kind of talked about um, the disciples and and kind of their different reactions to Jesus' death and what he did for them? And and you know that happens with us, doesn't it? We can all kind of um, reassess what personally Jesus did for us. And so... I just want us to kind of respond to um, the, the death of Jesus again and obviously the resurrection and ascension that we'll talk about in the coming weeks, but but just grasping the cross again and what it means. And, and so kind of as we kind of play and stuff, I've got um, you know Palm Sunday crosses here and, and I just want us to co- come and get one and you can stay here or you can go and sit down, um, but just as a real kind of reassessing and rethinking what does this cross mean to me what does it mean in my life and um, so shall we just stand together so god i pray and um, that kind of what we've been talking about about the death of Christ, that, that this would have a personal impact on our lives, that we wouldn't um, be like the disciples kind of running away and ashamed of our Savior, but but God, we would be able to come with you in, in your pain and your suffering, that we would be able to come to the foot of the cross again and, and say that we love you, that, that um, you are ours, that, that you are worthy and that you are king of our lives, Jesus. And so um, let's just do that. Now, as we sing, um, please come and take a cross, and yeah.